Welcome to Transparency and Truth, a safe space for growth-seeking women. Here, we reframe the narrative, rewrite the story, and move from stuck to successful in all ways for always. I am your host, Takenya Hampton, a growth and development coach helping you transform the relationship you have with yourself by releasing self-sabotaging beliefs and negative self-talk while leaving the prison of past mistakes and lessons to embrace the beauty of today and the days ahead. Here, we will have authentic, relatable conversations that include myself and other guests with fresh perspectives, ideas, and ways of doing things. Sometimes in the middle of the struggle, sometimes at the point of overcoming, but always an inspiration. The journey doesn't have a final destination, but we are here for the ride and ready to grow through it and not just go through it. Want to learn more about what we talk about on the show today? You can always meet me over at TakenyaHampton.com. Now let's get into today's show. Hey, hey, and welcome to today's episode of Transparency and Truth. Today's guest is Arielle C. Williams. She is the founder and creator of Residences, a self-love company for Black millennial women, also known as the Homegirl Headquarters. Residences creates products, content, services, and experiences that help women prioritize self-love, self-care, and self-identity. Arielle is a writer, author, safe space curator, self-love coach, and entrepreneur. She has produced engaging content for so many different brands such as Be Blogalicious, For Harriet, The Curvy Fashionista, Slay Culture, and she's also been featured in places like Essence, XO Jane, WeTV, XO Nicole, and The Real Podcast, and a host of other local publications. And so welcome to the show, Ariel. I'm happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, girl. <laughs> so tell us about Residences. I want to hear all about that. Okay. So Residences, I just kind of affectionately dubbed it and named it the Homegirl Headquarters for Black millennial women experience in daily America. Um, but since, since, you know, that title of affection, I would say that we are slowly going into just like a self-love company for Black millennial women specifically, um, where we promote, we talk about, we highlight, and we uplift just the embodiment of self-love, self-care, and self-identity, mainly because I know as for me personally, as a Black woman, a Black millennial a woman, and I have so many friends who fall into that category we always kind of struggle. We have tended to struggle in the past with just, you know, what self-love is like on a real level and how do we achieve that and how do we, you know, make it authentic and be intentional about that. So based on my own experiences and the experiences of my friends and just some of the conversations that we've had and not even people that are my friends, just women that I know just in general, you know, I was like, you know, I want to do something um, because I feel like I kind of been on like this self-love kick, this self-love thing for a while, but I want a to- journey. Yes. You've been on this journey. I've kind of watched it unfold yeah. on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, and it's, it's been a process. It's been a process. And, you know, I just wanted to because I know I know what the work has done for me. You know what I'm saying? And what it's doing for me and how much further I have to go. And I said, how can I make this that something that's a little bit more tangible, something that's relatable um, just to black girls like me? You know what I'm saying? What can we do to just create these safe spaces to where we can just be and exist and have fun and talk about things that we go through, but not in a way to where it's like trauma porn or like it's just, you know, always but in highlight. a positive way or how to learn from yeah. it. All of that. Yeah. yeah. It seems like our age group is funny. I was just having a conversation with um, some of my girlfriends last week mm -hmm. and we were talking about our age group specifically and how we all seem to be trying to do the work to heal from past experiences, whether it's from our childhood or from, um, you know, our 20s and college years and 
a lot of us, I didn't realize, struggle with self-identity and like really getting to the core of who we are versus who we were told to be, whether it be by family or by society or by our peer groups or all of those different things. And it yeah. seems like we are all on this journey. Well, not all, but it seems like as an age group, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? We are in this space of trying to um, just come more authentically and in touch with ourselves. And you kind of touched on that. And I think that that's, that's so dope. Can you kind of tell me what you would define self-love and then the um, self-identity? Like, how would you define those two things? Well, for me, self-love is just very simple. It's just simply the way that you love and take care of yourself, the way that you support yourself based on the resources and the tools that you got and you giving yourself what you know that you need in that moment. I don't think that is something that's complicated. I think it's something just as simple as that. I'm doing the best I can to love myself. And then, of course, once we learn more and we inform ourselves more, then we can adjust that as necessary. But to me, self-love is... It's a practice. It's something that you have to do every every day. You know what I'm saying? You can't just. And, and I also believe that self love is a little bit different than self care. Um, I, I think they're kind of like first cousins. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they hang out real close. <laughs> just a little bit different. You know what I mean? But I know, like for me, when I was able to really just understand what it what it truly meant to love myself, I think that's when I was able to really okay. Now I know what the self love is and how to do that. Now I can do the self care thing because how are you going to take care of yourself if you don't love yourself enough to do it mm. but that's just that's me you understand what i'm saying no 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 i like that i didn't really think about that but how can you really care for yourself if you don't tap in yeah and know how to love yourself i mean like yeah. if you think about a romantic relationship a person can't care for you if they don't know how to love you yeah. so it's the same thing yeah, for yourself. yourself yes it's right like, right Intimacy. I truly believe that it's just it's an intimacy that you that you build with yourself. Like I know as women, a lot of times, you know, especially like if you, you know, out here in the world with men and stuff like that, or not even men, just trying to have a relationship, period, that mm -hmm. a lot of times we tend to just kind of you know, we put ourselves on the back burner sometimes because we want to make the other person or the other people comfortable. You know, we want to just put our best foot forward for them. But then we always feel like, okay, well, what's left for me? Or, you know, that person. What's left not for me? Exactly. So it's like if mm -hmm. we can do this for other people, or even if it's not in a, a romantic sense, maybe in our friendships or maybe with, you know, our children or whatever, we always find ways to kind of... um Catapult put everyone else first yes and then mm -hmm. we have not much love to give ourselves so imagine if you could just kind of the intimacy that you that you are intentional about putting in place with everybody else imagine if you did that with yourself and how much greater your self-image and your self-identity would be so self-identity is just truly looking at yourself through your own lens not who your mama said that you need to be who your daddy mm -hmm. said that you be who mm -hmm. you know your, aunt, your uncle whatever or you know if you grew up uh like in church like i did okay well what the church say you need to be or you know mm -hmm. all the different things or who your boyfriend it comes from so many different places from so yeah. many different places yeah it does and before you know it like the identity that you believe that is yours you know you get to really unpack anything you might understand you be like this ain't even me i didn't pick that up that's not my baggage you know what right. i'm saying that's somebody else's projections and while those projections may have been created with the best intentions that still ain't your shit. exactly it's just plainly it's just, put it's, it's really yeah. nice so like for me self-identity was it was it was kind of like a, a reckoning with myself an awakening with myself like okay this what i've done or what i've been doing it looks good on paper but with me trying to achieve, you know, whatever's on this little piece of paper as, you know, a benchmark of success, what I really like to do over here in the shadows, that's really who I am. You know what I'm saying? And that's you feel like you've taken off your face when you get home kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've been really big on and intentional on is like being able to or choosing to entertain spaces where I can show up as my full self. You cuss, you cuss. Mm -hmm. You know, if you 
whatever it is, if you like doing a thing or, you know, if you don't sit with your legs crossed all the time or whatever the thing is that when you get home, you exhausted from not being yourself all day. And then you do that. So I've been trying to be really intentional about only um, entertaining spaces that accept me and my full self and not my representative, as I like to say. I think that's big. So I'm going to go back to something you said, though, because you talked about creating safe spaces. And a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity and pleasure of joining you for one of your uh, self-love journaling sessions, which when I saw you posted, it was just like, I don't even know what this is, but it sound dope. So <laughs> let me just go register. <laughs> and when I showed up, it was really good. I mean, it was a nice little intimate space because it wasn't a whole lot of women there, but I feel like everybody was vulnerable and sharing and talking. Um, and that's exactly what it felt like was a safe space. Like I was excited about it. I one of the people on there said that I was doing the most, but I had set up a little evening for myself and a movie. I had my incense going. I was like, because this is what I like. This is what I need. Uh-huh. <laughs> I put everybody in my house on notice, like, hey, this is my date with myself and my computer and the people out on the internet, okay? Yep, yep. <laughs> so kind of talk about those. How often do you do those? And and what other safe spaces like that are you kind of intentional about curating? Okay, so those, uh, I started those in November of 2020. Um, that I actually started those like the same week I think that the journal was published and it just it just kind of happened that way but we've been doing those since November and we do those once a month and those are totally free I don't promote them too much mainly because I, I kind of forget to do it I ain't gonna lie um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like that <laughs> it'd be like that you know what I'm saying I do my best to get them on Eventbrite and then it just it does what it, it do what it do from there okay but those, like I said, I started in November um, virtually because, you know, by this point, I would have had several in-person events. But, you know, COVID last year was just like, you know, girl, everything. Not quite. <laughs> but know? I'm glad, though, because if you did in-person, people like me wouldn't have been able to come and attend because you're in, where are you located? You're in Florida, Florida. right? Yeah. Right. So I was that's one of the things that I kind of have loved about this is that people have been forced to take stuff virtually and stuff that mm-hmm. I feel like I otherwise might have missed out on. I then had an opportunity yeah. to. Yeah, I, it worked out in my benefit is what I'm saying here. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you in the space. It was thank you so much for coming. It was good. Yeah, I got to make sure that I watch for those. It's important to me to, to do like a, a virtual thing because I mean, I'm not going to lie. I use myself kind of sort of as like um, a member of my audience. And I think, okay, well, can I, been, would, this, would this help me? And I just think, well, if it'll help me, it'll probably help somebody else too. So let me just do this. And that's kind of how I do it. And you did that. Of- you actually did that in the session because you pulled out, you had asked the question that we were um, focusing on at the time, but then you pulled out your journal and read from your journal okay. and you glossed right over this. So we're going to go back. Okay. Tell us about the journal because <laughs> you just said oh. the journal. Tell us what the journal is. You have oh, the self care for the soul journal, uh-huh. and it is pretty amazing. So I want you to just go ahead and tell everybody about that. Oh, thank you. Well, listen again. That was something else that was just you know it was on my heart to do, and I thought that it could be beneficial for me. I thought it could be beneficial for my homegirls. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So many other women. So in 2000, I think it was 2019, that was the last event that I had in November of 2019. And it's so crazy, like how the timing is. So um, I hosted a workshop. It was called the Right to Heal workshop in November 2019. And it was my first time doing that kind of workshop. I had done events and stuff like that before, but this like a workshop where we were going to be journaling for real. And I was going to be, you know, just introducing these prompts and testing out these things and stuff like that. And I believe technically it was the first residences event. It was like the intro to residences into the world. Um, So I did this and I was like, okay, if it goes well, I want to start doing these right to heal workshops, maybe, you know, every three months or something like that. Just, you know, keep having them over and over. Well, Mm -hmm. 
COVID happened and that was just like, no, nah, we can't do that. So I did, I think in March or April, maybe no, April or May, I did like a, a 10 day writing challenge where I was mm. still creating more prompts. And I accidentally had created like a, a digital journal for that. I didn't mean to do that, but I did <laughs> to go along. <laughs> So, That's the creative in you. I know how that happens. You have those listen. accidental uh, creations. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like at this point, I didn't accidentally create like three digital journals, and I didn't mean to do do it either time. But going back <laughs> to the first um, to the work to write to heal workshop, you know, I'm looking at the presentation that I did because I just listen. I'm a presentation girl, okay, um, mm -hmm. and I looked at the presentation. I was like, you know, these are kind of dope and i wanted to have a journal in place then so that so in my head it worked like this we're gonna we're gonna have this event i'm gonna have these prompted journals already created and then we're gonna work from the journal at the event but i put the cart before the horse i, I moved too quickly so i'm like why well, ain't got it <laughs> you had the event first listen and you know, I had I listen, anxiety is a big thing for me. So I got so anxious and so nervous about it. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna cancel. I'm not even gonna do it. And my friend Janelle, you know Janelle. Janelle was mm -hmm. like, girl, I love Janelle. Go to the store, get some regular journals, put your put your logo on it. Janelle it will put you all the way in your place just like that. She likes overcomplicating this. Pretty much. And I was like, but, but I got to have, you know, I didn't get a chance to publish a journal and I don't have a book to give them. And I was going to, you know, include it in the price and then people could buy it extra for their friends if they wanted to. And I'm like freaking out. She was like, girl, buy some composition notebooks, some journals, put it on there. You already going to have some prompts, have them look at it and they can just write in their freehand. And so they I'm can like, write the prompt down. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But you know what? People like us, the overthinkers and anxiety building people, yeah. we need people like her that be like, okay, pump your brakes and yeah. just make a U-turn <laughs> and you're going to get there. <laughs> because like, I was I was freaking out. And another person that is you know instrumental in my life is my cousin, Kendra. And Kendra, she is very much like this. So she's like, all right. Okay. First of all, calm down. Relax. It's going to be fine because all your stuff, it, everything is always good. It's always fine. I'm like, but that's that's not the point. That's not the point. She was like, girl, don't cancel the event. Just do it. So I'm like, okay. So I did the event. I gave the journals with the stickers. They loved them. <laughs> the presentation was fine. Um, and I think I, I think I might have emailed some of the prompts to them. But the whole time I'm, you know, facilitating this workshop, I'm facilitating this event. The whole time in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I need to make a journal. I need to make a journal. I need to make a journal. And then I want to make a journal about this. And I want to make a journal about that. And I want to make a journal about this. And I just, you know, in my head, I don't create this. That event was the confirmation for you. Oh, it helped I, confirm the idea, though. It showed it. you that people received it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, like, even though I didn't have what I wanted at the time, I'm kind of glad that it worked out that way because I just I needed to see that it was going to work first anyway. So then, like I said, COVID came and, you know, I was feeling kind of like down about just being in the house. And I don't mind staying in the house. I just don't like nobody telling me I can't leave my house. That's I, I had that too. You know, I'm a homebody. And I was like, but wait a minute. This exactly. might be what I normally do, but you don't get to tell me that this is what I have to do. Don't take me to <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I have to make decisions for myself. And I just, I felt like the people was taking it away from me. And I had a problem with that. I did. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the time, it was just like, okay, what can I do with this time? I know I'm feeling this. And I'm looking at, you know, my friends on social media and I'm talking to my friends in real life. I'm like, well, what can we do? So I created this 10 day writing challenge where I kind of did, you know, 10 days worth of prompts again. I'm like, okay. So now I accidentally created another journal. So the presentation from the workshop, I turned that into a digital journal and I was like, I'm going to sell it just for $10 and just, you know, whatever. And then I created this other one. I'm like, okay. Well, I still don't know if I got the chops to, you know, publish a real journal. So then I created resonances.com and I'm like, well, when people leave their email address, you know, I want them to to have something to take with them. So then I created another <laughs> another journal. <laughs> like a downloadable journal. Is this what you're talking yes. about? 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like if you go to my website, you put in your name and email address, you get immediate access to uh, a digital journal called Five Ways to Manifest Self-Love. So like by oh, the time I, I did that. Okay, girl, just girl, sit down and just write the damn thing. Just do the daggone thing. Just that's so funny. I think that it is something that's very, very necessary because I personally, like I'm a journaler. I love to write and have that reflection time. And even better than that, like I like to be able to go back and read where I was at or what my thoughts were or how I answered that question. And that was immediately what I thought about when I started answering the questions in here. I can't wait to go back and ask myself these questions again. Mm. And see if my answers are still the same. Yeah. After, you know, because life changes and things shift and whatever else. And the same question can have a very, very different answer depending on where you're at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think something like this is perfect for the person who, you know, it's like, I want to start journaling or I like to journal, but I don't even know what to write. I did this, what I'm about to say, I did this yesterday. So um, one of the things that I've started implementing for my whole self-care, self-love routine mm -hmm. is I schedule baths for myself literally put them on our family calendar okay. and everyone knows that Sunday night mommy gonna be gone it was supposed to be only like an hour but girl I'll be in the tub for like two hours <laughs> I turn my music on yes I turn my music on I take my journals in there so I had this and then I had my regular journal and I started writing in this and I was answering the questions, but then it came to me some other stuff that I wanted to write that didn't go in here. So I just pulled out my other journal and I started jotting in there. And then I was journaling my thoughts there. And I was like, that next question was kind of around it. Let me go answer that question. <laughs> and so I was like tag teaming <laughs> the oh journals because... It was just bringing up stuff that I wanted to write about. So I think that this is like perfect for someone who wants to journal, but like doesn't know what to write about. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing to give you a start with yes. getting that feeling and getting your feet wet yes. with journaling. So that's prompts, I think. Four. That's, yeah. that's the purpose of it. So like. <laughs> I'm so resonances to me is, you know, like I said, longer headquarters and all that stuff. But what I want to do is just to continuously create products, services, spaces, whatever, and content that has this particular woman in mind. And that woman is someone who she knows that she needs to prioritize self-love. She knows that she needs to prioritize self-care. She knows that it's important and she's ready to do it. She just don't really know how to do it quite yet for herself just yet you know what i'm saying and she needs a space for it too that's it because you talked about mentioning safe spaces because sometimes i can remember at one point being like you know i need to do better with self-care but to me you know some people will say self-care is like going to get your nails done or going to get your hair done going to get a massage and those things are nice but mm -hmm. going to get your hair and nails done is like another to do it's a task that's not yeah. self-care self to me like that's not a wind down mm -hmm. to me right um so I was kind of one of those people that I was like, I don't really know what that looks like, like self-care and giving myself time. And for me, what I've come to realize is, is being able to be in my own space, to hear my own thoughts, to think about what I feel or, you know, take inventory of like, oh man, I've been having this ache over in my neck. I wonder why. Because that happened the other day. I realized my computer was set up wrong and I came in here and rearranged my office because I sat there. And I had been telling my husband, like, my neck keep hurting right here. And he was like, maybe it's your computer. And I was like, you know what? Let's test that out. And mm -hmm. so I came and switched stuff around and whatever else. That's what self-care is for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for somebody else, it could be something totally, totally different. And having somebody to kind of show you what that is and model what that is somebody being you <laughs> i think that that's an amazing thing i think it's a very 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 necessary thing so i think that's dope what you got going on there one of the things that you had mentioned was about reaching liberation in every aspect of your life yeah let's talk about that because i love yeah. that i love that tell me what you mean by yeah. that Oh, girl. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that I was, I've only been able to verbalize that probably in the last 
less than 10 years, maybe like the last seven years or so. Um, and for me, it was just like when I started embarking on, you know, like my true identity and what I believe my identity to be. And, you know, when I just just got serious, not, not even serious, I just got real with myself, you know, about like the things that I want the person that I want to be, the person that I am. And, you know, if there is a big difference between those two <clears throat> um, and just, you know, like just what is all this? What does all that look like? And in me asking all those questions and unpacking all this stuff. And this was way before I even started therapy. Um, but just in me unpacking all this stuff, I just kind of said, you know, I just want to be free. I just I just want to be free. And to be honest, you know, since I've been in therapy, you know, my therapist one time had me go back to like, you know, my 16 year old self. And because <laughs> I told him, I was like, you know, I keep I always have these dreams about myself when I was in high school and I always got on the same outfit and I'm always in a few of the same spots in my high school. And it's just like, you know, the 16 year old version of myself is just like she just wait. She's just there waiting for me to just let her out and just let her be free. Because, you know, when I was when I was that age, I had these grandiose dreams and just, you know, I was gonna take over the world and do all these things, right? And mm -hmm. before I didn't really get a chance to do that, I was just kind of told like, well, no, you don't need to do it like that. Or you don't need to do this, or you need to do this instead, or well, you could do that, but maybe you should do this first. So before I got a, I feel like in a lot of ways, before I got a chance to really just wild, out, you know what I'm saying? And and not not so much as just, you know, just party and stuff like that, but even still, you know, right. just, to just breaking free, just busting just loose. Yeah. Before I got a chance to really truly do that the way that, you know, I wanted to or the way I wanted that I thought I wanted to do it at the time. I didn't, it was just kind of taken away from me before it really I could get a chance to to start it. Um, so I feel like I've always wanted to kind of break out in some ways, but I didn't realize how deep that thing really, really was. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of mm -hmm. pushed it down, stuffed it down, suppressed it, and just went on with my business. Okay, well, I'll just do this instead. And then once I finish this, then I do that. You know, I was negotiating with myself before I really got a chance to really give in to myself so to speak or even really give it give those things a try yeah 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 like i was negotiating a self-worth that i hadn't even truly established yet if that makes Man, sense um, that makes perfect sense yeah <clears throat> well, oh thank you because i was you know kind of playing around with that in my head yeah. but um you know when i was like in my late 20s i just kind of had like this epiphany like fuck all that I ain't doing it because I tried it and it ain't work. I love that that happened in your 20s because for me, it didn't happen until my 30s. Like it was where I finally was just like, you kind of metaphorically flipped the table. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was 26 years old and I was like 25, 26. It was, it was touching the, my, my 20s was a shit show. I'm not, it was just, it was just. <laughs> okay. Join the club because that's what your 20s are for <laughs> it was the hottest you know, I'm trying to figure out myself and I got, you know, my little baby. It was a lot. And, you know, I was what I would, I used to be what I call like a pick me. I was a big one of those. And I just had to really sit down and ask myself, you know, I'm trying to do all of this stuff just to appease a man who ain't here, but I never really sat down to really think, do I even want one for real? Mm. You know, and like, it just took me, I don't know, it just hit me one day. Um, and, and the reason why I can remember that age so much is because you know, it was something that I was kind of just uh, dealing with. And my mom, she apologized to me about something. And I was just like, well, you know, I didn't think that I needed the apology. But when I got it, it just, it freed me up a lot. And mm -hmm. then there was something else I was kind of dealing with. And she she sat me down. And I was crying. I remember I was crying. And I was just, you know, I just felt like I was a disappointment to my family. And I felt like I was a failure and a burden. And she told me, she was like, listen, know that, you know, you want to make us proud and all that kind of stuff. I know you want to make your dad proud. You know, I know you want to do all these things, but girl, you got to live for you. Like she just said that in so many words. And it was, it That's was a, a freeing statement right there from my mom. That's like, 
what yeah. because here it is it's like you know i feel like i'm i've put all this pressure on myself and she was just like girl calm down relax you know she didn't say these words but in so many words she was just like fuck that she didn't say that but <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She don't talk like that. I didn't, you know. <laughs> but like, it was just like those two things happened in that year, and to me, that's I think that really kind of catapulted me onto like this journey of just like, you know, womanism and womanhood, and mm-hmm. just really just beginning to be my authentic self. You know what I'm saying? And. I yeah, and I just kind of, I just kind of been rolling like on this journey ever since then. It's like you know, my mama, and I don't even know if she realized she was doing this, but it was like my mama kind of gave me the license and the permission to just chunk a deuce at that list and them boxes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So she was speaking to me about one very let your hair blow in the wind. Seriously, <laughs> pretty like, much. She, she was. She was. T- it was a very specific conversation that she and I were having, and she was addressing that thing. But it was just something freeing in that conversation that freed me up in a lot of different ways. And I don't even know if she really realized that's what she was doing, but that's what she did for me in that moment. And you know, it went from me just wanting to break free out of you know these these boxes um, and just you know kind of prove everybody wrong. To at you know 16, 17 years years old to me being 26. But I was just like, forget the boxes. Forget, forget it. all of that. When you talk about the boxes, mm-hmm. do you feel like the boxes, the metaphorical boxes that we're talking about, were did you have more boxes that other people were putting you in or more boxes that you were putting yourself in? And I asked that question because for me personally, I have realized like I thought. We have the societal boxes and things like that that we get put into. Mm. And then um, even like with family expectations and stuff like that, some of it is our own doing. Like we open up the box and get into it. Yeah. But for me, um, when I reached that point of like wanting to be free and wanting to be authentic, it was that I had this realization like I'm stuffing myself in this box. Like it's not anybody doing this to me. It is literally me opening up the box, getting in it and closing it on top of my head. Can you say it was kind of the same for you or do you feel like it was more like you being boxed in by other people? I think it was a combination of both because (laughs) the whole boxing anything like that's just, it's conditioned. That's a learned behavior. So Mm -hmm. like, I feel like even if you don't start out doing it to yourself, if other people do it, then eventually you're just going to pick up that habit and it's going to become, you know? So for me, I think it's just, it was a combination of both because it's like, okay, well you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to act like this, you you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you get into that routine of performing so to speak so that you can exist in those boxes and then you know i know for me it was just kind of like a a a paradigm shift or a mindset where okay well if i do this then i probably need to do that and then in me thinking that i had to do this thing and that thing you know subsequently there's another medical forical box that i put myself into that i didn't even realize i put myself into and then you know it took a couple of years for me to realize, oh, that's probably why I was depressed as hell or probably why yeah. I was anxious as hell or why I was stressed as hell. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to perform in, on a stage that I ain't create <laughs> for myself. Right. And that I don't want to be on. Exactly. Or even if even if I did create the stage for myself, it wasn't because I really wanted to do that. The foundation still ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of like what I said from the beginning, just the projections of others. And even even though those projections, you know, probably were created with the best intentions, it's it still ain't your stuff. It's still somebody else's stuff. You know what I'm saying? And like before you know it, you're 30 years old trying to unpack and <laughs> and trying to get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. And you got to get to the order. Get rid of the bags and the boxes. Right, right. So for me, like I realized that I put myself in boxes based on roles. So Mm. I remember when I became a mom and I was young, I was 21 and I was still in college when I got pregnant. And, um, you know, so you know that story of feeling like a disappointment and Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be nobody's baby mama. This isn't what I wanted for myself. And mm-hmm. I knew that that relationship wasn't 
you know, my, my forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to, in my mind, I had to become this role model for my daughter. And essentially I started trying to be perfect, mm -hmm. which affected our relationship down the line. Like when she became a teenager, it ended up having an adverse effect. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, like when I got married, and me and my husband, we have history. We've been friends since we were 13. But once I became his wife, looking back on it, I realized I put myself in this wife box. So mm. I was trying to be what I thought a wife was supposed to be. And I was putting sometimes unrealistic expectations on myself and, mm. you know, things like that. And some of that stuff started having to be unpacked in therapy. And I want to go to what you said you were talking about therapy. And I want to tie that in like. To me, therapy goes hand in hand with self-love. Oh, yes. Um, in our community, in the Black community, therapy mm -hmm. can be looked at as taboo. I think with our generation, a little bit less, that's the case. Mm -hmm. But you still have some that's our age who are like, oh, mm -hmm. no, that's for crazy people or that's for depressed people or yeah. that's for people that's not me. Yes. Um, talk about that and how your therapy plays into your self-love journey and why there's even a connection there. Okay, so for me, therapy literally is, that's a big part of my self-care, which also just reinforces my self-love, truly. Um, so I love my therapist. I do. Um, and even before I started therapy, I've always been an advocate for mental health and therapy and stuff like that. Um, you know, I have an associate's degree in sociology, so it's, you know, it's, just understanding the behaviors of people and how, you know, how things work. That's always been a fascination of mine. You know, it's just, you know, girl, go get some help. And I would say that all the time, but I really meant it, but I wasn't doing it my own self. And it was different reasons. You know, it was some, a, a time when I had no money. It was a time I had no health insurance. You know, there were reasons. But then when I was able to get some health insurance, I was like, oh, I got to, I got to really do this for real now. You know, I've been preaching this for mm -hmm. so much. I've been telling people they got to go. I got to go mm -hmm. too. And I remember telling my friends, like, girl, as soon as, as soon as I give me some good insurance, girl, I'm going to get me a therapist. Then I had got me some good insurance. I was like, oh, shit, wait. Uh-oh. the time. Because, like, even though, you know, I hadn't, like, um, you know, just did the whole therapy thing, like, for real, for real, I understood the severity of therapy and how, you know, that thing can, it might break you a little bit at first. So it's not just coming and sitting on the couch, talking and getting up and leaving. Like really you don't walk in with a smile and walk out with a smile all the time. Well, you might sometimes. Yeah. But it, it's don't. some intense stuff sometimes. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes the fear of that is what keeps people from even starting oh, with therapists too. Absolutely. The other, Another piece of that, too, though, I think is um, finding the right therapist can be kind of hard. It's like trying to find the right boyfriend Listen. because <laughs> you don't just go to some any old body like if you don't like it. Some people don't know that they can advocate for themselves and be like, mm, this just isn't working for me. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want them to think they're not good at what they do. And so I want you to kind of speak to that too. Like, not only is it important to find and go find a therapist and go to therapy, but you need to find the therapist that is for you. Yes. Like, so for me, it was very important. Like there were just, you know, going back to boxes and checklists, there were just a couple of, a couple of boxes I needed my therapist to be able to check off for me. Um, for me, it was important that my therapist be a black person, a black, a woman. And I didn't want a therapist that was very religious. Um, and that would just tell me just to pray about it. You Those sound like, I mean, I think we cousins. I think we just cousins. <laughs> yeah, <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, Cause like, that's I the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, cause if that's the case, you know, I go talk to my auntie. You know what I'm saying, right. or and or that's you that's talk to the elder at the church or something. Exactly, and that's that's yeah. no shame to you know my auntie or the aunties out there or the church people, nothing like that. Truly, it's not. But I knew that I I was at a place where you know I had done a lot of self work um, mm -hmm. because I really do try to be self aware, like truly. Um, so I've done a lot of work on my own, but I had. I was coming to a place where, okay, now I need to go to the next level, but 
I don't know how to do this by myself and I don't really want to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I need I need more than just a vent session with my friends. I need more than just to call my mama and to just, you know, well, mama, what you think about this? I need more than just to talk to, you know, my, my big sisters. Like I, I need something more than what I've already exhausted. The unbiased person part though. Yes. Yes. Because that's the difference. Like when you call your girlfriends or when you call your mom or your auntie or whoever, mm. um, there's a connection there. And you can try and say, I need you to give me an unbiased opinion, but it's just naturally there. You know what I mean? Mm. And so like if you're talking to them about a problem in a relationship or something that happened with a person, it's hard for them to not be biased. That's probably one of the biggest things that was so important to me and when I really knew I needed a therapist because I was feeling like I was unloading too much on people that weren't meant to like pick these bags up you know what I mean or like I was uh alienating people sometimes like I remember I met this girl when I still lived in Cleveland I uh had met this other entrepreneur and she was like yeah let's have lunch blah 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 and I was like yeah let's have lunch so we went to lunch and I was in the thick of just like going through it and I unloaded on her like everything because I didn't have anybody to talk to she never called me again (laughs) we didn't talk anymore (laughs) she was like I know she had to be like this was too much this was too much yeah this was too much too soon at that I, I can't with you. So I think that that was one of the one of the times that I knew like, oh, shoot, I probably need somebody to talk to. Because I remember getting in my car after that and being like, I literally just dumped everything out at the lunch table. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. that's, I think that that's important. Like your friends, your associates, your family members are not your therapists and they can't right. serve the same, pers- the same purpose right. of your therapist. You are absolutely right. And I know like for me, you know, I'm I'm very empathic. So that whole like how you spoke on like just, you know, somebody unpacking or unloading on you. People do that to me a lot, you know, because they just even even people that I do not know. And I'm talking about since I've been little, since I've been a child, you know, oh, I just feel like I could talk to you. Oh, you just seem like somebody I can trust. And I'm like, but you don't know me though. But okay. You don't even know me. <laughs> you don't even know me, bro. You know, and but I would just I would listen and you know just you know be empathetic and you know just create that space with them before I even understood that as a gift and understood what that was and what those words even meant. You know, I've been doing that shit my whole life, and <laughs> you know, I just realized, okay, well, I want I want somebody to be there for me like that, and I'm not saying that my friends are not because they are, but I just I just knew I needed something a little bit different. It's I a step different. past friendship and the yes. friendship conversations yes. and, and those types of things. Yes. Um, I'm like you. I'm I'm very self-aware. I like to tune into what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, and kind of process those thoughts. But sometimes you just need somebody to help you to process those. Yes. And that is a huge part of... Um, of what therapy does it it gives you like that sounding board um or like just somebody i remember one time i had one therapy session where i felt like the whole damn session she just asked me why everything after i said after i said it was like why and i'm mm. like would you mind asking me why <laughs> and she was like no <laughs> no but it was making me like unpack things and like pull out all the dirty laundry <laughs> Mm-hmm. and sort through mm-hmm. it and get ready to wash that stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yes. it definitely is a different thing than just like, oh, I need a girls weekend or, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I need to go talk to my mama. Okay. You know the song that Solange got called Cranes in the Sky? Yes, girl. I blast that in the shower multiple times in the week. Listen, <laughs> so I, first of all, I love that album and I listen to it still on a regular basis. First Front of all, Solange is one of my best friends in my head anyway. She don't know it yet, but we're going to be real tight one day. <laughs> Ain't she the home girl? <laughs> Just let you know. But, um, I remember like when I, that that actually was like one of my least favorite songs on the album. Cause I'm like, this, this is a weird beat. I don't get, I can't get to it. You know, <laughs> I just couldn't. I, 
putting. And then I listened to the words and I'm like, I don't understand what she's saying. What she what's the it she keeps talking about? And it took it took several months for the lyrics to click and make sense. And I think what it was is I was just kind of pushing it away because I just didn't want it to apply to myself. But when I really thought about it, I was like, well, I also have done those same things. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, the reason I brought that up is when you were talking about like it's more than just going on a girl's trip. Yeah, we could go on a girl's weekend, you know, like we all got a kid free weekend. Okay, yeah, we're going to go out and hang out and we're going to have fun and we're going to flirt with the men's and we're going to twerk and all that kind of stuff like that. But am I still going to come back to a raggedy foundation when we finish drinking and when we finish twerking and when we finish, you know, talking to the men and stuff like that? So it's like, okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to, you know, kid free weekend in a way, or I'm trying to just, you know, do all these different things away, away, away. But that shit ain't going nowhere. Right. I like what you said though, because it does not discount that those girls' trips and um the shopping that she talked about and even the drinking, like all of that stuff has a a I don't know if I would say therapeutic, but let's just say it has um, some type of re refresh for you, but it's not, it's like the difference between drinking pop and drinking water yes. when you're thirsty. Mm -hmm. And so it can, you can drink pop and you might not be that thirsty no more, but mm -hmm. in another hour, you're going to be like, dang, I'm thirsty. I need some water where you drink that water and you'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. I just quenched my thirst. It's mm -hmm. like the difference between that. When you talk about, you know, the um, different experiences, hanging out with your girls or the kid free weekends or vacations or whatever it is you choose to do. But mm -hmm. the therapy is what helps you to rebuild the foundation when your house tilt a little bit <laughs> like it brings in reinforcement, because that's not to say like once you go to therapy, you don't still do those things. Mm -hmm. It's just a hit different. Yes. When you do those things. Yes. And you the foundation yes yes because it's like it's it's the difference in you know you might be drinking because you said whereas once you start the, the therapeutic process and hit because the difference is you healing with therapy it's it's a mm -hmm. it's a place to heal so whereas before you might be going out to do whatever just to take that thing away whereas now you know you got your healing together you on your your healing journey you're doing it because you want to <laughs> you know it's what i'm saying celebration or yes. it's something Positive yes. associated with it. Yeah. Yes, like you're you're yes. cognizant, you're more aware of what you're doing. And you you probably come to realize that you don't have to indulge as much, or you don't have to indulge for the reasons that you were doing so before. Because yeah. that thing is not filling the void anymore. The void is being healed. Mm -hmm. Sealed up with concrete and fixed. Exactly. Like leveled out. All of that. Yes. So yes. so that liquor ain't even got a place to go no more. It's yes. Or whatever your price is. You know what I'm right. saying? You can't put a you can't put a band-aid on trauma. You just can't. Okay. Just saying, you can't put a band-aid on trauma. And trauma is is first of all, sometimes it's difficult to even recognize and acknowledge. And then once you do, it's like, okay, but what I'm supposed to do now? What I'm supposed to do with it, I know it's there. What I'm supposed to do with it, how do I get rid of it? Because a book that my therapist told me to read you know the body does keep score so it's like i know that it's here maybe that's why my neck be hurting maybe that's why this or that be hurt but what mm. i do and i'm a person who i like to understand okay what didn't happen now what the hell we do about it what's the solution and and when there is no end game or an expiration date or you know it ain't no finish line i get i get anxious i get nervous so right right Okay, I know I have these things that I need to work on. I need help working on them. I need help working through them. If I don't get the help that I need to do this, that shit is going to eat me up. And I just, you know, the, the routines and stuff that I had in place for myself, they serve their purpose. And I found myself in this space of, okay, these things worked for you at these stages in your life, right? Now you need something different, but the thing, the different thing that I needed, I didn't quite know how to establish that because it's like, now I feel like I got to, I got to pull these tools from a different box, but I don't even know how to really get inside of that box. 
You know what right. I'm saying? Like I it's kind of like when they talk about um, if you're the smartest person in your group, then it's time to interest, introduce yourself to new new friends. And it's not necessarily that you leave people behind. Mm-hmm. It's just that now you need to get around a different circle that helps you to think a different way and uh-huh. to step up to another level. It's that same kind of concept. It's like stepping up to another level with someone who has the tools and who knows how to break down those tools for you Bingo. and how to use them. Bingo. And that's, that's a huge difference. Um, Mm-hmm. One of the things that just came to mind when you were talking, when you go through therapy and you start taking care of yourself differently, and when you start loving yourself differently, differently, you carry yourself different. You you glow yes. a little different. Yes. And some people who are not there yet are not ready to take that honest look at themselves or whatever else might say that you changed or you think you better than or whatever mm-hmm. else. Have you personally experienced any of that? Or what do you say to somebody who is experiencing that and it's causing them to stop or not move forward on their own journey of prioritizing and loving themselves? To be honest, I can't say that I have experienced that because, can you, I'm okay, I keep my blinders on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of those people who just, you know, oh, I got haters. I don't got no haters. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> don't even exist. So, like, if, you know, unless you tell me directly to my face or, you know what I'm saying, or you call me, hey, I feel like you've been acting funny. I ain't going to know you feel that way because I'm doing so, I'm using so much of my mental power to work on myself that I don't have the space to care about how you feel about how I feel about myself. So (laughs) I really don't know if somebody, if anybody that's, you know, close to me or whatever feels that way about me, unless they tell me. And so far, ain't nobody said that. So I don't know. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Because like, it's, it takes so much. Again, anxiety is the thing for me. So Mm -hmm. like, it takes so much for me to get out of my anxious mind that the amount of time and space and energy that I spend on grounding myself and meditating and just keeping my own shit together, girl, I, I really don't know what somebody There's nothing left made. over to be trying to observe what other people's thoughts and feelings are about. What and not, only that, not only that, I'm going to be honest, <clears throat> I don't care. Like, I truly <laughs> Listen, when I tell you, you can, you can ask every friend that I got, when I tell you I don't care, sis, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and I mean from the bottom of my soul. I don't care. So, right. so, like, I mean, the best advice I can give anybody who might be facing that girl, just, you got to just don't care. Because <laughs> you got to learn how to not care. To put your blinders on, like you said, like you, what's somebody, what's that saying? Somebody else's opinion of you is really none of your business. Like that don't have anything to do with you. And so for somebody who's, you know, looking to start embracing that, the self-love journey and they're fearful, Mm -hmm. what do you say to that? Like, how do you get over the fear of prioritizing yourself and loving on yourself and putting yourself first. I would just say, ask yourself this question. So far, has what you've been doing worked for you? And if the answer to that question is no, then girl, sis, what more do you need? The thing about people, people going to be all right. I think sometimes also our ego, maybe a little bit of anxiety as well, but our ego make us think that we are more important in people's lives than we actually are. Um, mm-hmm. And our egos also make us think that we have to take care of people in ways that they ain't even asked us to take care of them. And, you know, we have to overco- overcompensate for things that these people ain't even asked for. Haven't asked, haven't requested yeah. Meanwhile, you 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 thinking about something three, four, five, ten steps ahead, and then people ain't even worried about you. They ain't even thinking about you. 
You understand what I'm saying? I also feel like that is, you know, sometimes a distraction that we allow to get in the way of our healing on purpose. And doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest with you, you know, like it's that's one of the things that people say. Oh, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. And it's just like it's just like one of those phrases that we like to say. Right. But doing the work is it's a catchphrase now. Yeah. It's Girl, it's yeah. terrifying. It's scary. So it's like, it's just how I was telling you earlier how I used to say, you know, girl, yeah, girl, you probably need to go to therapy for that. Oh, yeah, girl, therapy. But then I was like, oh, wait, now I got to really do this for real. And then I started it. I understand why people don't go to therapy. I understand how people oh, start hesitation. I'm not going back. I get mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially, especially the strong friend or the responsible one or, or you know, you the oldest daughter or, you know, when a lot of stuff falls on you or you're the single mom and you got to take care of everybody, manage everything. You don't have time to break down. You don't have time to just to fall apart because let's say now you said you don't have time. That's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell ourselves. It will happen if you don't. I was going to say, because it's going to happen. If you don't make the time to fix the foundation, as you said, Mm -hmm. that house is going to collapse flat out. That's just what it boils down to. And then you're going to have to build from scratch. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be having to pick up all the pieces. Mm -hmm. This this is how women end up on snap. I really believe that. That's how women end up on snap. No, that's told. You get to that point where it's like, you know what? I done done all this and this for this person, this person. And, you know, just the smallest thing can just trigger you. And before you know it, you done set a whole city on fire. You ain't mean to do that. That (laughs) makes me think of that meme. You know, that it's fine meme where the the cartoon character is sitting there and it's all these fires around. And it's like, it's fine. That is the metaphor of our life in a meme. Mm-hmm. Because we will, as women, we'll just keep doing stuff and being like, oh, a little fire, that's nothing. I'll throw some dust on it and yep. drink our coffee and keep yep. it moving. And then one day, everything around you is just on fire. Mm-hmm. And you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, shoot, I ain't got no way out of here. Yeah. So, yeah, you back yourself in a corner with that. You do. I really love what you are working to do and what you are setting up. Um, I think it's something that's like more than necessary. Um, how can we support your business? How can I support your business? How can listeners support your business and what you are aiming to do for the black female community? Because this is a special, it's special. That's a a very specific and special place. And we need those places because there's not a lot of places that are specifically for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do we support that? That's, That's why like I'm intentional with um, the wording that I use, you know, just uh, on social media, marketing, um, emails and stuff like that. I'm intentional with the photos that I use and just, you know, the things that I say and the the people that I talk to. And that's not to say that other women of other races can't learn anything or that they can't take anything because I actually, I actually do have quite a few um, non-Black homegirls who, who done bought this journal and they're like, girl, you know, I just wanted to support. You One know? of the ladies on the, the self, um, mm-hmm. the session that I was on that mm-hmm. it was an older white lady that was on there and she yeah, said she hung joined right so she wasn't turned away from yeah. the messaging. Right. Yeah. But see but, I, but what I what I also want to make clear is this that just because you come into the space, like this space is not for you. So you can come and spectate, but it is not your place or your space to interject your shit onto us because mm-hmm. we already got to deal with that in the world anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So like what, what I mean by that statement is, you know, if it if you can benefit from it, cool, cool, cool. But I need for everybody to understand that what I'm putting out is specifically for this specific group of women. Because as you said, like we are often overlooked. There's just not enough spaces for us. And we are always uh, or often put on the back burner. So that resonance is just it's near dear to my heart because it's it's something for me as well as just, you know, all my homegirls all out in these streets in real life and in these streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. Yeah. So like, but the best way that, you know, people can support is just, you know, like, 
like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just all the places that we are. Um, purchase the journal. Even if you if you don't need the journal, you can't purchase it, you don't want to share it. Somebody else. Exactly. You Buy, it. Share it. Buy it as a gift. Yes. Have somebody your heart. Bless somebody with it. Exactly. <laughs> Best way to support residences is just to, I mean, simply just to support it. Follow us all over social media, sign up for the newsletter, um, get the digital, the digital guide It's free. Come to some of our monthly workshops. I'm also working on like some paid courses and stuff like that too. So um, I'm probably not going to stop the free workshops. I, I'll probably finish those out for to the rest of the year, to the end of the year. I am working on like a, a seven week online program because I realized with the journal, it was it was definitely a labor of love for me to to even create the journal. And when I say I did everything myself, I did everything myself. Okay, um, but that as well. <laughs> like, listen, it was, I just had this conversation with my husband. I'm like, I'm writing, I'm editing, I'm designing, I'm doing yes. all other things. It's a lot, and there was some moment I was like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna do this. It's just it's too much. <laughs> Every time, like, I almost stopped, it was just like I got a second win. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you mm -hmm. got to do this. Because or there's something that pushes you. It's something yes. that, like, when you think you're going to sit back and fall back, yes. like, I'll pick that back up when I when I feel like it or when I have some extra time. And then mm -hmm. next thing you know, something is nudging you like, oh, I'm not about to fall back. I'm well, I really do believe that that is God because there have been several moments where like I'm in my bed, like I'm asleep. I'm talking about I'm knocked out. And I'm not a light sleeper, baby. When I'm asleep, I'm asleep, okay? Sleep. <laughs> knocked out. And there have been so many moments where like I'm in just a deep sleep and I just get up and I'm like, why am I up? And it's because I got this idea. And it's like, I can't go to sleep until I get it out of my head. So I got to write it down and I got to follow through with whatever that thing is. And I don't take that lightly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's God telling me up, do this, Figure it out. Actually, you ain't even got to figure it out because I'm telling you what to do. So just do it. Just just do, just it. do it. You know just what I mean? Just do it. Just do it. It's really that simple. But I realized like in creating the journal um, that I just kind of put it out there and that was it. Then I started getting feedback from, you know, people who purchased it. I was getting feedback in my DMs and in my inbox via email. They're like, girl, um... I feel like this, this you going deep with this journal, mm -hmm. and you know it. I wasn't really trying to do that, but the truth of the matter is, Kenya, like it wasn't just me writing it. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't all me. I typed it up, but that wasn't all me doing it. I understand no. what you're saying. What I'm saying. Yeah, you know? I get it. So like. I have my own journal because I don't believe in just putting out something and you know I don't do it too. No, I, I, I from it. Right. There are some prompts that I'm like, girl, who do you think you is asking people these questions? I <laughs> actually don't remember. <laughs> like, is there several of those prompts I do not remember writing that been put together? Right. Because it wasn't just me who came up with them. You understand what I'm right. saying? So I realized, like, you know, with all the just a lot of the feedback that I was getting. We need more than just the journal. Like the journal, I think is is definitely instrumental. I think it's very important, and I think it's just, I think it is a, a it's a transformative body of work. At the same time, though, I do understand that there needs to be a specific carved out space just for people who have purchased that journal, so we can actually work through the journal as a group and decompress. Yes, and like have that as like a truly healing space. And I and I don't say that you know trying to pretend like i'm a therapist because i am not at right. all and i would never never try to act like i am but i am good at creating and holding spaces for mm -hmm. people so mm -hmm. you know this program that i'm working on i don't kind of push the dates back a couple of times but the the program that i'm working on, on is simply called self-love for the soul program right. <laughs> so it's for people who have purchased this journal and they realize that oh this is a little bit difficult i need a little bit of help or i need a little bit of guidance so i just accountability. need accountability accountability to talk to i need a tribe of my girls to just yeah. be there with me that's what the program is going to be for so we can just go over this program but in addition to that like you know there's going to be i got homework set up and courses and you know work that you could do on your own also it's going to be a safe space where everybody can just be themselves and be vulnerable so it's like if you enjoy 
if you enjoyed that session that you came to, like this seven week program is going to be that like on steroids. Yeah. Where it's going to be like, you know, group time and one on one time. And I'm going to have, you know, some other speakers come in who are, you know, leaders in their fields to just talk about different things that as it pertains to just overall healing for the woman. And we also have a monthly membership available too because i do know that there are a lot of women who like to just do stuff on their own they don't need no group they don't want no coaching they don't want none of that stuff and i feel that but they still might need just a little bit here and there the monthly membership is a 20 dollars a month membership where you would get like these essentially like digital healing kits basically okay. so like every month you know you'll get just a certain amount of stuff you get exclusive audio from me um you know with affirmations and mantras and things like that and you know your different prompts and stuff like that and it'll just kind of just it'll be thematic like that but different things every month okay that is so we do have some offerings available like my biggest push is the journal but you know if you want more than the journal we got the program if you want something that's different from that we got the monthly membership if you just you know just kind of want to look in and see what we got well i got the five ways yeah i got the five ways to manifest self-love if you sign up for the newsletter if you want you know kind of a little bit more than that then join us every month for the journaling session so we got shit out there <laughs> okay all right so i'm gonna say because this is my recommendation is that you start with the journal make an investment the journal is how much is it twenty dollars was it twenty mm -hmm. twenty dollars you can invest twenty dollars in yourself yes start with the journal Check that out. I guarantee you that you're going to want some more. <laughs> Start there. Get on the email list because I'm sure that you email your list about the events. And right now, those are still free. So take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And then also when you launch your signature program that goes with the journal, if you are mm -hmm. on the mailing list, then you will get that information as well. Yeah. So start with the journal that's the yeah. that's the message i can't <laughs> all right well thank you for coming on if there is anything additional that i can do to support you please 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 always reach out um, and like i told you i think we're cousins <laughs> all right we don't even we don't even need to verify we right <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being a guest on transparency and truth Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Transparency and Truth. I enjoyed talking with Ariel of Residences about all things self-care and self-love, and I hope you enjoyed hearing from her as well. All of her information to find and stay in touch will be in the show notes for today. If you'd like to join in the conversation, check out the Join Conversation link also found in the show notes. There, you can share what you loved most about the show and or answer any of the following questions. What is self-care to you and how are you doing it? How are you intentionally loving yourself? What are some ways you have allowed yourself and others to put you in boxes and how are you currently or did you get out of them? Want to stay in touch? Follow me over on Instagram at Takenya Brown Hampton or Twitter at Takenya Hampton. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode to catch my guest, Ricky Malone, sharing about the struggle to just fully be herself. Until then, continue to grow for it, friends.